Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. This is the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon, and I'm joined this week by Dave Somerville. Dave, how are you? We keep being like this, buddy, but I'm all as always, pleasure to be here. And yeah, we're just another week closer. I can't wait. I know. It's, it's so Hall of Fame game's done. We don't need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. It was awful. I mean, I fell I dozed off uh, during the day before. So and I thought, you know what, man, I'm not so tired. Um I'll I'll check out, see what the game's like anyway. I didn't make it to the end of the first quarter. Well, um, I, I watched it the day after, and I nearly dozed off. It was like in the middle of the day. It was horrendous. Oh, I, I, yeah, I didn't go back to it. Yeah, but, um, so for those, for anyone who is interested, the uh, Cleveland Browns beat the New York Jets. There we go. It's the end of that. Yeah, uh, and the Jets did it in Jets fashion. Yes, because they had a big lead, and then they blew it, and the Browns came back and beat them. So what are you going to do? Uh, now, we don't need to talk about the game, but we will talk about the actual Hall of Fame itself. Work with the inductees, mm-hmm. uh, so that happened. This is episode seventy-two of the podcast. Seventy-two episodes. My goodness, Dave, and we're just a couple of weeks away from kickoff. So, oh well, from mm-hmm. preseason starts this weekend. So you've got three weeks of preseason, then a week off, mm-hmm. and then it kicks off in earnest um, on the tenth, ninth of September, Thursday night game. The Chiefs, yep. reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs, versus the uh-huh. Detroit Lions, which would be a big one. Um, now, obviously, everyone's talking about the New York Jets, again, because I'm hard knocks. Have you been watching any of it at all? I haven't seen any of it yet. It's it's on my to-do list. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I lot, a lot of people have been, maybe because of how good previous hard knocks have been, but I think they'd be some, some have been quite critical of the... The, this what this uh, series anyway of the Jets. So I don't know. I'm, I'm I've got low expectations going into. It. Have you seen much? Um, no, I I started watching an episode and then I stopped and I thought I can't watch. That. There's something about Ian Rogers. I can't yeah. watch the, that man. The dark, the dark night. I just yeah. cannot watch it. Uh, now over in uh, not on Hard Knocks, obviously, but over in Washington with the Washington Commanders. Uh, I don't mm. know if you've seen that there's been um, comments about Eric B. Enemy with yes. players complaining about B. Enemy's intensity during training camp. And I was thinking, what? I mean, really? You're, you're a team that has been, let's be honest, average to, to below average for years years and then a guy comes in super bowl champion all the accolades and he says right we're changing the way we do things this is what we're going to do and apparently someone may have been more than one individual actually went to ron rivera and complained that eric b enemy was too intense in training and i thought to myself grow up seriously if you can't handle an uh, an offensive coordinator giving you, um, well, he shouldn't have to motivate you for a start, but Correct. giving you extra motivation or extra reps or extra training and extra, in order to make you better, then you're in the wrong job. That's, it's just, I, I couldn't believe that. Did you see this story? 
the- I, I heard vaguely about it, but the thing that kind of shocked me um, was that any team who has been, let, let's be honest, mediocre at yeah. best, just putting it lightly, to complain that they're not only changing it up, but they're changing it up by uh, hiring a man that has won so many accolades and yet they're not happy with it because they're having to put in extra work. When a sport that basically, you know, you, you always hear it, you work, get to work, you know, we're working, working. And then when it comes to the extent of the work, um, we don't really like this. Shut up. You're getting paid millions of dollars <laughs> and you're getting paid millions of dollars to perform and to go out and try to win. You need to put in the work to win. It doesn't just get handed to you on a plate. It's like anything else in life, but the amount of work you put into it dictates what you, the results are going to be. So these guys, they need to just shut up or get out. Do you think it's... That, it, that's my view. It's almost harking back to the... I don't know if, if you remember this, the Albert Hainsworth, when he yes. went to the, the, at the time, Redskins. Uh, and there was mm-hmm. that famous the game against the Eagles when they were getting absolutely whipped. And it was like 45 to 10 or something along those lines. And uh, Albert Hainsworth gets blocked down and he just lies there on the ground, doesn't yep. try to get up. The play's still going on. Michael Vick, who was the quarterback at the time for the Eagles, is running around and then throws a touchdown and all of a sudden it's 50, 52 points that they dropped on, on uh, Washington that day. And, you know, the commentators are going, I, I know, you know, you're losing. We get that. You're, you're depressed. We understand that because you're getting absolutely whipped. But you cannot just lie there and let someone make a play. And it's almost a, a precursor to that type of mentality. What would he when yeah. people are complaining that Eric Bieniemy is too intense? The reason he's probably so intense is because he wants to succeed in this job. He just left. Uh, let's not kid ourselves on here. Almost guaranteed best, other yeah. Super Bowl ring, if not this year, then next year. You know, for as long as 15's there, the Chiefs are going to be in a shot with the Super Bowl. Eric Bieniemy has left that. He's no longer there. He wants to prove. I can do this. I was a major, major part of this Kansas City Chiefs dynasty that was going on. And he'll admit, Andy Reid had a lot to do with this. And Patrick Mahomes had a lot to do with this. And players like Tidy Kill and Travis Kelsey had a lot to do with this. But he had a lot to do with this. He was an important, Mm -hmm. important part of this team. He's now gone to Washington to say, right, we are now going to become a playoff team. And if he's saying, in order for us to become a playoff team, win the division, get to, you know, deep into the playoffs, championship game, maybe even a Super Bowl, we need to put the work in and players are complaining. We don't want to do that. He's, he's too hard. Enough. It's not a drill, Sergeant. You're not in the army. You know, you, you play a sport. Sports are physical. You've got to put sports the work are physical. in. This, this sport is one of the most physical and the guys that I, I mean, he's, I, I don't see what, what their issue is, except from I'm tired. How many, how many, how many players are going to be tired in training camp? Every single one of them, if they're putting work in, but we're too tired. Do you think, do you think that the no. players over in Kansas city, do you think they weren't tired? I think, I think they're probably laughing. Oh, they, they will um, I, be I think now. They, apparently they're just they're going to be 
relaxing at this stage because that's what the commanders are used to doing. Apparently, if uh, you know, it, it's it's so it, it's a pretty. Um, I think for, the the wrong word is maybe shameful, but it's a bad, bad indictment image. on bad image. Yeah, bad image on the work ethic of the players there and also of the commanders organization that this that this has even happened let alone get out so well, if it, they, yeah because yeah, if they're not used to training and if they're mm-hmm. not used to constant repetition of drills over and over and over again and then when you can't take any more you do some more then it, it just shows you that it's been it's not been done right previously because that's what you need to do. You're trying to be the best. Mm-hmm. It's not it, no one should be going into this season, week one, thinking, do you know what? Five and eleven, five and twelve, that's fine, that'll do us. No, no team should be thinking that. that. Uh, yeah. uh, in your opinion, Dave, what you know, going into the season, which team do you think may be the worst team in the entire NFL? Which, which team do you reckon will probably have the first overall draft in the 2024 draft? Just just off the top of your head, who do you think? Well, probably the Cardinals. Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are pretty heavy favourites, yeah. Right, so do you think the players in Arizona going into the season are going, ah, you know, that's all right if we get the first pick in the draft? Doesn't matter if we only win two games. You know, I'm I'm getting paid. Of course not. They want to win. The Cardinals are probably hearing all of this talk. All of this talk that um, they're going to be, you know, no one knows. We we mentioned it, NFC West last week. We did the the deep dive. I have no idea what's going to happen. Don't know if Kyler Murray is even fit to play after his, his injury last year. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be if he's not going to be fit to play. I uh, don't know who the receivers are going to be. Don't know who any... I have no idea what the Cardinals are going to be, but I guarantee you the players in training camp in Arizona are saying, we're going to prove everyone wrong. And the only way we're going to do that, you know, win some games, uh, challenge for the playoffs, is to put in the work in training camp and preseason. And let's not forget, you've got all these rookies coming in and you've got undrafted rookies coming in and you've got free agents who might have come over not not the big name guys but other guys depth players they want to start they want to play in this game and they want to win and i'll guarantee they're not the ones complaining it'll be the the guys who've had it too easy for too long who are they're the ones who are complaining oh well i didn't have to do this before you don't get a pass this is not a situation where Eric Bieniemy might have gone to. Um, I don't know. Let's see. He's. I'm trying to think. Uh, to, to the 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 Rams. Okay, you might mm. go to the, the, the Rams, and Cooper Cup maybe gets a half an afternoon off. This is this is not that situation. This is not a situation where the defensive coordinator for the Rams says to Aaron Donald, "Do you know what? You've had a good practice." We want to. We don't want you getting injured out there. So you you sit this out, or the first first drive of preseason that'll do you. Sit down. This is not the case in Washington. Every one of those players needs to absolutely give hundred and ten percent all the time. I couldn't believe this when I saw. It. I I was honestly thinking, you know, who do you think you are? <laughs> because so it, it kind of it kind of goes back to the 
there's no player, no one player is bigger than the team. No, you know, I, I, I mean, I even, I, I obviously, I, it, it's hard to say about Mahomes, but I'd still say the same. He's he is one player. He is an amazing player. He's well, possibly the best ever. But if he complains that oh we're working too hard, no. No, it's 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 not going to wash. Even Mahomes saying that it wouldn't wash. So, but see, Mahomes wouldn't I, say that because yeah, because he's a winner and he his won. work ethic is ridiculous. Yeah, he wants to win. He wants to be the best of all time, and he knows that the only way he's ever going to be considered the best of all time is if he gets at least another one, two Super Bowls under his belt. Because we know this. Because mm-hmm. unless he gets at least four in his career, I'm going to say four. People will always bring up Tom Brady. Yep. He's got seven rings. You've only got two. He needs to get a minimum of four. Minimum. I give he gets four, then the fact that we all know he's already way better than Tom Brady. But I think he needs to get a minimum of four Super Bowls for the other people to consider him to be the best of all time. You know, the argument can already be made that he is. Oh. Oh but, yeah, but can you imagine even Brady? Can you imagine Brady saying, "Oh, this I'm too tired for this." You know, we're 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 putting trying to put too much work in, blah blah blah. And do you never, think never ever never? And do you think Bill Belichick's training sessions weren't intense? Do you think they were an absolute <laughs> murder for those players? I'm trying to imagine what Bill Belichick's response would be if I, if a bunch of his kind of. Yeah, uh, not even veteran. Um, you know, maybe just long a- anyone, long so Yeah, uh, well, anyone comes to right off out. Yep, I've so got long. time for you. Get out. If yeah. you don't want to be here and you don't want to put in the effort in order to win, there's a thousand guys out there who do, and they will put the effort in. It's just you know, I I couldn't believe it when I I it was the one thing of all because there's not been much news going on in the NFL. <laughs> In case anyone's mm-hmm. wondering why we're not talking about the news, there's not been a lot of the news. We do have uh, some injury updates, unfortunately. Um, and, of course, as I mentioned, Dave's going to talk about the, the Hall of Fame inductees. But there's not been a lot of news. It's been pretty slow so far this week. But when I saw this on NFL.com, I couldn't believe it. I thought, are you serious? They're complaining that the coach is working them too hard? Behave yourself. You should be seeing, you should be dropping there in the middle of the field and going, come on, coach, let's run it again. Let's do it again. Do it again. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just me. I, 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 the mentality of that just absolutely stinks, in my opinion. I, could, I couldn't believe that player, or maybe more, I don't know if it was one or if it was multiple players, would go to the head coach and complain that the offensive coordinator is too intense. Just he shouldn't be. You should be more intense than the coordinator. You're a player. Because I tell you this, Eric Bieniemy's job is safe. He's not going anywhere this year. Right. Even if the team doesn't do well offensively, there's no way that they are uh, firing Eric Bieniemy mid-season. But there's not many players on that team they would not get just drop mid-season. You're out. Next guy up. So. I don't know. Sorry, Dave. I kind of went off one there, Dave. I do apologize for that. Just, we it, both it, do it. Don't worry. But yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous it, thing. I think it, it's also a watch this space moment, though. 
because if you see any movement in uh, in the commander's roster and depth chart, you know who some of the guilty parties might be, and, and you'll know why, because they've yep. they've already said you know. I can't hack it. If you, if you can't hack it, then don't do it. Nobody is forcing you to play this game. You're making plenty of money. Yeah, if, 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 if you're a third-year player, you can retire. You know? you got a couple of million in the bank. That's, that's all you need. You can retire. If I had two million quid in the bank and I was like, well, oh, this is too much for me, I'd be like, I'm off. See ya. If you genuinely feel... Exactly. <laughs> it's just... I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, Dave, the news. That was one bit of news. Has there been any other bits of news around the NFL? Well, my news has primarily focused on um, like possible free agents and people are still uh, primarily around the league unsigned. Um, And one of the biggest headlines is Kareem Hunt with a visit to the Saints. Um, But he's also now presently on a visit at the Colts today. Um, so obviously with the bad news about Alvin Kamara and his probable suspension, Kareem Hunt is uh, looking like an ideal candidate to, you know, to be in that running back room. Um, I don't know if Kareem Hunt is the best person for Alvin Kamara to really learn off if we want that uh, with uh, his history. Yeah, but I, I don't think either yeah, of them need uh, to learn anything from the other. No, I, I, I think two to, to dumbs no, don't make us smart. Um, but... Yeah, I, th- I think Kareem Hunt also, you know, uh, looking at the Colts because apparently, um, is it, uh, Jonathan Taylor? He he's actually injured this time, yeah, so he's actually got an ankle problem linked directly to his injury last year. That meant he missed the majority, if not all, yeah, majority of last season. Um, so that's a a bad, bad one for the Colts. They're missing out on Taylor, but although he has requested to be traded, so. Again, a wait and see space, and it could, in the end, just come down to who offers the most money for Kareem Hunt, which I think in the end it probably will. Um, um, that would be a. How long is Kamara's suspension? Is it six games? I think it's six games. Five, yeah. five, five or six games, yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be a scary backfield with Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara. One on either side, yeah. Because Kamara's such a great receiving back as well. I mean, he's, he's one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That having him and Kareem Hunt in the backfield at the same time would a lot of players, defenders, linebackers would be going, oh, hang on a second. Don't really like this very much. Um, but they can both be, you know, three down backs as well. Uh, if Hunt goes right. to the Saints, that could be very tasty over there in Louisiana. My goodness. Mm. But I think uh, there's also one other person that was uh, visiting the Saints, and that is linebacker Anthony Barr, um, who is also looking for a new team. But he did depart without a deal. Um, New Orleans, they do remain in play for him, but he has interest from a number of other teams, and he's also looking to make a lot more visits in the very near future. So that's another kind of watch this space. But a player that has signed for a new team, I should say new team, but... We'll say old team, Trey Flowers returning to the New England Patriots. So um, for those that don't know, he he moved uh, to New, uh, Detroit, basically for big money, um, and moved back to the Pats after that kind of deal faded out. So, yep, that's pretty much the Patriot way. Uh, and how many times have we said that Bill Belichick's done that kind of thing, and he's done it again. Uh, so Trey Flowers 
we sort of wish him luck at the Patriots. We don't really, but we're going to say <laughs> out, of res- out of being nice, basically. But there is also one of our personal favourites uh, who signed a, a one-year deal with the Lions, and that is Teddy Bridgewater. He signed to back up Jared Goff, so... Uh, we wish Teddy Bridgewater very well there. Um, we, 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 sort, we sort of called it, didn't we? When we heard we that he did, was a, yeah. a free agent, we said he's going to get picked up straight away. And he yep. did. He um, did. And because, do, yeah. do you know what, though? I hope he sees every game this year. I, I personally hope that he is the starting quarterback in Detroit every single game this year. For he, no he reason be. other than I love Teddy Bridgewater. He, he, won't, of yeah. he will be. He he's, won't be. He's just, he, you know, he's he's going to be basically Go- the opposite. Golf played well last year. Annoyingly, he did, yes. He, he did, and but he'll, he'll I, be there. Although I'm he, worried. Although, you know, bringing in Teddy B, perfect. perfect. Yeah. He'll be the perfect backup. And he'll help Jared Goff. And he'll help the receivers. And he'll help the running, but and the entire offense will be better because Teddy Bridgewater is in that dressing room. I guarantee it. Didn't they actually draft a, a quarterback as well? I have no idea. Uh, I, I, need feel, to, I feel like I, see, now you're I, I feel questions. like I want to. I want to say Matt Corral, but I can't remember. And, and off the top I, I of my need head. to look up the uh, 2023 NFL draft because I have absolutely no mm-hmm. idea who the Detroit Lions drafted in the 2023 oh. nfl draft um well, so. well you while you're looking that up uh i would like to say there is a, a current quarterback battle going on in the league and that is in tampa bay because baker mayfield is definitely not the guaranteed starter there because kyle trask is apparently pushing him very very close I, uh I, I'd, I'd say it mirrors the kind of geno smith and drew Locke battle of last year so we could actually see kyle trask starting in week one but uh, pre-field, uh, pre-field, uh, pre-season, uh, Baker Mayfield will start on Friday um, in the Bucks' first preseason game with Cal Trask starting the following week. So that is how close that battle is going. Wow. Um, I I saw a little bit of Kyle Trask th- just throwing in, in practice, and he does look good. Mm. He, he does look good. Um He's got a really nice throwing motion. Really nice okay. throwing motion. So I, I don't know anything about Kyle Trask, I'm going to be honest. Like, nothing. Um, but we'll, we'll wait and see. They, they'll decide. Although, I'll be honest, unless he's really, really doing something spectacular, I'd probably still go with Baker, purely for the experience as well. Just even like week one. Um, experience the, and leadership. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, the Detroit Lions selected Hendon Hooker, quarterback Hendon Tennessee, Hooker, in the so third on. round. And that was a trade that they had with Denver. So he'll probably turn out to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Because <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that, that's the way it That's goes. the Denver way. That's the Denver Well, we know but, Denver um, can't draft quarterbacks. They're, they're true, hopeless at it. True. But they can certainly cause other quarterbacks to be good. So maybe Hendon Hooker will turn out to be a fantastic, fantastic quarterback for the Detroit Lions. But we'll wait mm-hmm. and see. Uh, now, a couple of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one the other day, Mike McGlinchey for the Broncos. Big free agent signing, carted off the field. What, what, yeah, I did see that, but I didn't see what, the, what any kind of diagnosis was on that. I've not actually heard what the diagnosis is for that one. Um 
Mike McGlinchey was taken over from San Francisco. No, he yes. wasn't. Very happy. Yeah, he was. He, he was. was. Sorry, yes, he was. Um, and he went. He, it just says that he left practice due to injury. Uh, went to the locker room um, because now, so Tim Patrick's out for the year. Linebacker Jonas Griffith is out for the year. KJ Hamler, as we know, is probably gone. Um, Riley Moss has gone under the has underwent surgery. He's going to miss at least a month. Uh, and right tackle Mike McGlinchey and wide receiver Brandon Johnson left practice. Uh, we're not sure what the actual injuries are, but it's mm-hmm. already looking really bad injury-wise for the Denver Broncos. Again, for a second year running, and if they continue to lose starters through preseason, I it's just it's horrendous. I, I, you know what it's like, Dave. Injuries cripple a team. Everyone knows this. Mm-hmm. Injuries can make or break your season. But when you get injuries in training camp, uh, two guys out for the year already, and you think this is just this can't be happening. What's what's going on here, Dave? Tell me what's going on here. Why why are these players getting injured? I think well, a lot a lot of it is to do with how hard they are pushing themselves and that they need to push themselves to be in the shape that they need to become the start of the season. Um I have seen also though that um Mike McGlynn, she's expected to be out for a few weeks and rather than months with a knee sprain. So that is some light news. It's it could be a lot worse is what the kind of word coming out of Denver is. So that's not a terrible um, thing at all, but um, I wonder. I wonder. It seems to be the curse of the right tackle for the Broncos. The Broncos haven't had a good right tackle in years, years, and when they finally trade for one, sign one from San Francisco, he's he's injured. You're like, it's it's mm. cursed. They should just not play with a right tackle. They should just have two right guards or something like that. Because I'm convinced there's some hex on the Denver Broncos right tackle position. I don't know if it's voodoo. I'm not sure. But we need to wait and see. It could be voodoo. I don't know, Dave. I'm just saying. Don't discount it. I'm seeing all this talk about uh, talk about UFOs going on in the States there. Oh. Hey, you don't know? This, this, is a bit, this has been ongoing for how many years in the US, but just all of a sudden 70, one person comes. 80. 70, 80. <laughs> oh, it, gets, it gets worse and worse. But um, yeah, I mean, look, the injuries are going to happen to every team. I think timing of them is what really impacts a season. So hopefully this is early enough that he can get back and get back fit and healthy by week one, week two. So that would be a really positive thing for the Broncos. Uh, returning from injury, though, um, the Ravens have uh, J.K. Dobbins back in practice. So that is a really uh, big thing for them. Uh, but I think one of the most underrated running backs in the league. Uh, another one that was taken off the uh, pup list was Rash- uh, Rashad Spateman of the Ravens, the wide receiver. Now, he had... He had a foot issue as well, and he's returned to practice. 
this week, which I think is another big one for the Ravens because, again, another underrated um, receiver. And I think last year the Ravens' offense was crippled by injuries. They're, like Their quarterback, their receivers, their running backs, all they were down to the bare bones there. So, And I think Ravens could be a team to watch out for this year. Yeah, apart from that, the, the, um, I haven't heard of a load of in, other big injuries anyway. But um, the, the only other bits of news I have is that, um, speaking of the Ravens, Jadavian Clowney was on a visit to them yesterday. So obviously he's a big-time uh, defensive lineman. And the Ravens don't need any more big-time players as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, so yes, we, we could, I, I really hope that he decides to go somewhere else and not to Baltimore. Um, there is one other big, big, big bit of news. It's massive. The Rams made a signing. Who I should the, say, who I, the Rams I, sign? I don't, I don't, I, I shouldn't even say signing. They've made a re-signing because welcome home to John Johnson the third. He was he was a uh, young safety at the Rams. He left after winning the Super Bowl, and now he's back and he's uh, now taking on training camp for the first day yesterday, but. He joins a very young safety room. We've got Jordan Fuller, we've got Quentin Lake, we've got Russ East and Jason Taylor as well. So a little bit of positive news coming out of LA finally because it's been a really upsetting preseason so far for the Rams. And obviously Cooper Cup got a, a slight injury as well in preseason, which is always what we want to hear, not. So yeah, that's my news. Um, the Rams made a signing which is not something I've been able to say very much at all. And most of the time, the only time we did make any signings was kind of second string depth, depth signings that have been re-signed. Or, oh, yeah, it's going to be a long season, mate, isn't it? It is going to be a long season. Uh, now, as we already mentioned, the Hall of Fame game was on and it was published, mm. so we don't need to talk about it. But the Hall of Fame itself, the Hall of Fame itself, the inductees to the Hall of Fame, uh, now, one, DeMarcus Weir sang the national anthem. Yeah. That was, I don't know complete if Complete unknown. Yep, a complete unknown singing the national anthem. DeMarcus Weir inducted into the Hall of Fame. Do you have the list of the players who were inducted into yeah. the Hall of Fame? Yes. And that, I will stop talking. I'll let you take it away with the players who were inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, last week. I may obviously start with DeMarcus Weir. He was a linebacker and defensive end for Dallas Cowboys uh, for seven, eight years. And then he uh, joined the Broncos from 2014 until 2016, where he had still a massive impact during that time there. Very well deserved. Very happy for him. Fantastic. Another one who I th think was an amazing tackle was Joe Thomas. He was an offensive tackle for the Browns for a better part of 10 years. And... Yeah, he is uh, elect first year of eligibility. He goes straight into the Hall of Fame. Another one, though, uh, no, no, no relation to Joe Thomas, but Zach Thomas. He was a linebacker for the Dolphins for again better part of a decade. Finished off with the Cowboys, and he was just an amazing player. And I believe it was um, Peyton Manning who said that Zach Thomas was what the player that he hated playing most against because every time he played against him, they would call out. Uh, he would call out the plays of what Peyton Manning was calling. So he was extremely unhappy about playing uh, against Zach Thomas. But I, I have very little memory of Zach Thomas playing because he just, he, I don't know, was it just um, my age at the time? 
or maybe that just because he wasn't playing for any teams that I saw on a regular basis. But I don't. Do you have many memories of Zach Thomas? Um, I do, and I I get what you mean about him playing for a team that you didn't really watch. So, for example, Joe Thomas. Mm-hmm. I he was never on my radar because he played for the Browns. I, yep. That that's it, you know. But the man was a perennial Pro Bowler, All Pro, generally considered one of the best offensive linemen in in the league for for a decade. Um, and but he was never on my radar. She's just one of those because yeah. he wasn't. First of all, he's an offensive lineman. An offensive lineman never get the love. We know this. The big guys up front never get the love. Um, so I see where you're coming from. I did, um, however, see Zach Thomas play, and he was fantastic. I'm a little surprised um, that he got into the Hall of Fame this year. I didn't think he would, but. Um, I think he's one of those players where you think he'll eventually get in, but I thought there were other players who were in the, the shortlist there who would have got in before him who, who didn't. Uh, but that's, mm-hmm. you know my feelings on the Hall of Fame selections. We're not going to go there. Um, he, he absolutely d- deserves to be in the, in the Hall of Fame. So uh, fair play to him. Whatever year he gets in, you know, good enough. He got in this year and, and well done. DeMarcus Ware. There's nothing you could say about the guy. He was one of the best pass rushers in the league for, throughout his entire career. Um, the I fully convinced that the 2015 Broncos defense wouldn't have been what it was without Demarcus Ware. Um, the Broncos actually went through a period there of having some just fantastic pass rushers. Um, they had with Elvis Dumerville, obviously, and then Von Miller comes in, and then Elvis Dumerville leaves, and then Demarcus Ware comes in, and you're thinking, what's going on here? Absolute monsters in that that pass rush. Uh, Demarcus Ware in that Super Bowl was spectacular. He had two sacks in that Super Bowl, I think, including one just before halftime when he nearly killed Cam Newton. Um, <laughs> he, he, I, I, I knew he was going to walk in. Knew it. Demarcus Weir was just one of the best to to ever do it, um, and with, with with regards to to some of the the other players that who were shortlisted, for example, and even the ones who were longlisted, you do see some names that crop up, and didn't get. Roger Craig came up again, and didn't get in. And I don't know why Roger Craig isn't in the Hall of Fame. I just I don't get it. He should have gone in. 10 years ago, and he's still not there, and he has been shortlisted a couple of times. Um, so I don't know what's going on there, because Roger Craig absolutely deserves to be in, in in the Hall of Fame. He was the driving force on those 1980s and 90s um, San Francisco 49ers teams. The mm-hmm. driving force on the, that 1989 49ers team, which I still maintain is the greatest team of all time, um, he was the absolute engine in that offense. Uh, in 1988, he did the 1,000, 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving. First player ever to do it until uh, your man, Marshall Falk, did it. Marshall Falk, yeah. And so I don't, and you know, Marshall Falk's in the Hall of Fame. Rightly so. So he should be. Roger Craig should be in the Hall of Fame. I know uh, career numbers may not be as high. But yeah, what the his guy... achievements, though. Oh, his achievements. Yeah, it was what he was able to achieve. Yeah, it was... I mean, he... 
He's he's got what three Super Bowls? Three Super Bowl rings. Three Super Bowls, uh, and I'm just uh, seeing right now. He also got Offense Player of the Year mm-hmm. in '88. He's a one-time uh, first-team All-Pro, uh, mm-hmm. one-time second-team All-Pro, four Pro Bowls. He's had. Um, he was the NFL receptions leader in 1985. You know, uh, NFL All Decades team uh, of the 80s. He's in the San Francisco 49ers Hall of Fame, but he hasn't officially been inducted into the Hall of Fame. He's not. And and and, and see, some people will say, "Oh, but well, he only made four Pro Bowls." Yeah, he was playing at a time with Walter Payton, and Eric Dickerson yeah. was in the league. And, you know, guys like Barry Sanders was in the league. You know, when Roger Craig was playing, these guys were playing. Mm-hmm. So it, it was saying that he only, made, he only made four Pro Bowls or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, are, are you going with Walter Payton and Eric Dickerson when he was with the Rams, obviously, or, or Roger Craig? Because there's only so many Pro Bowls. And people forget this. People forget there's only so many Pro Bowl spots. Not everyone can make a Pro Bowl. So when you have some players who are, you know, legitimate Hall of Famers, I say, well, you only made three, four Pro Bowls. Yeah, he was playing when Dan Marino was playing or when, you know, when Joe Montana was playing. Like in the NFC through the 90s, the Pro Bowl quarterbacks, Steve Young, Brett Favre and some other guys. Do you know what? Troy Aikman. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Three Hall of Famers are playing at the same time. In the AFC, through the, the, the 2000s there, it was Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and, and the height of his powers when he came in. No one else got a look in. But it's right. not like they couldn't play. It's not that there was no good quarterbacks in the AFC through the entire, you know, 2000s. That, that's n- just because no one made a Pro Bowl, it's because... Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were there. And, you know, as I say, um, uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers, they were they were the guys. That was it. That was only guys making Pro Bowls. So, and you talk about first-team All-Pros. Well, for as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, there's not going to be many other quarterbacks making first-team All-Pro. It's just not going to happen. Doesn't mean they're not good quarterbacks. It's, it's uh, this thing about Pro Bowls that people have for for someone getting into the Hall of Fame. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I understand it. And first team all pro, I do get it. But some context has to be put into place. Roger Craig may have only, did you say he made four Pro Bowls, was it? Four, yeah. Four Pro Bowls. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he was a slouch in the seasons. He didn't make a Pro Bowl. It's just that, you know, no. one yeah. year Eric Dixon goes for 1,900 yards. Then the next year Eric Dixon goes for 2,000 yards. And Barry Sanders goes for 2,000 yards in a season. And all these seasons Roger Craig's playing, is, you know, you're not going to select Roger Craig over those types of seasons. So, yeah, Roger Craig should be in. I've said this before. I, know, I keep going off. It just Roger Craig should have gone in 10 years ago. He deserves yeah. to be in. So I don't know why he isn't. It's just, it's what? ridiculous to suggest that he isn't a Hall of Fame caliber player. He's one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game, period. I might, yeah, well, I might, might put him in my top 10 all time. Ooh, I might. Ooh. At, the, at the lower end. Yeah, oh but yeah, but I might. But- He's, he's right in there, yeah. I mean, I mean, if if you if you consider not only his kind of 
achievements. His stats are not terrible. No, they're, know, no, they're not terrible. The, the, the players that he was around, the, achieve, the achievements of the team, he, he was a major contribution to that. And they wouldn't have been as successful, I don't think, without him. So, no, no, I mean, absolutely that, not. That, 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 that West I, I Coast think offense, that, that really says a lot, yeah. That West Coast offense that they were running required a running back who can catch the ball. Correct. And not going deep like a wide receiver, three, four, five yard, boom, catch the ball, get a first down. Roger Craig was one of the best to ever do that. I mean, you could argue he's the greatest receiving running back of all time. Now, you could argue Marshall Falk, and I would, but, I, you know, yeah, I, I would exactly. say, yeah, absolutely. Some people might even say Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I've got no problem with that. But Roger Craig's in that conversation too. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. just, I don't know. I don't know. Well, what, what I was going to say, though, was that I think in the kind of, the you know, elite receiving back role, it went from Roger Craig to straight to Marshall Falk. Because I, I, I think you know, yeah. they, those, those two were the best. And then you're around the Marshall Falk here, you're looking at LT as well. Because just he was able, to, there wasn't anything he wasn't able to do, uh, you know, in my eyes. I, I think Ladine Tomlinson as well. Uh, yeah, a good, I don't, I don't think he was the same level as Marshall Falk and, no. and Roger Craig. No. But he, he was certainly a, a good receiver out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just the, the mind boggles. I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of my top 10 now because I, because I said that. Do you know what? That that can you know be what? I'm gonna, next week's. Uh, yeah, I'm going to work. Get, yeah, I'm going to work on that. I'm yeah. going to give my top ten run. I'm not saying Roger Craig is definitely in my top ten, but he might be. I'm going to work on that, and I'm going to I'm going to put that up. Maybe next week, um, give my top ten running backs of all time because, yeah, do you know what? That's, he he might be. If he's not in the top ten, he's he's right on the cusp. Right on the car. We're talking mm. all time here. All time. Anyway, can't talk about Roger Craig the whole time. NFC West was last week. Last week. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to mention about the Hall of Fame inductions at all? Well, I'll be honest. There's only um, two players that I comfortably knew, um, uh, that aside from the ones we've already mentioned, that we have gone in. But one was is one of my all-time favourite uh, defensive backs in Rondé Barber. Rondé Barber was one of the best cornerbacks I've ever seen. And, and you know, obviously he transitioned to safety as well uh, later on in his career with the Bucks. And from my point of view, fully, fully deserved. I he, he was he played as I was growing up, and I was getting you know right into the game in deep detail. Um, he was there when the Buccaneers uh, beat the Raiders in the Super Bowl, I believe it was when Jerry Rice. Was at uh, was in Oakland. That's right. And I'm, I, I'm, I don't want to be quoted on this, but I think Rondy Barber was one of the people guarding Jerry Rice. So um, yeah, he, I mean, he was brilliant. I, th I think it was. Uh, I remember before the lead up to that Super Bowl was when I first heard the phrase coined: "Offense wins games, defense wins championships." And it was it was that simple. That Bucks defense was amazing, and. Yeah, it's fully deserved. I, I did see one of the other people that were on the shortlist, though, was Darren Woodson, who also played in that game. So he was a safety for the other side, for the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. Because I, I vaguely remember it. But, um, 
yeah, I, th- I think the um, out of out of the um, the the list of Hall of Famers that got in, you know, Ronnie Barber was one of the best. The only person that I saw that was shortlisted down to the final fifteen that I was kind of well, obviously I was upset about it was Tory Holt, but the other one was Devin Hester. So he was shortlisted to get in, and he didn't get in this year. So I think Tory Holt and Devin Hester are definitely massive candidates for next year. Yeah, um, Darren Woodson um, was the the Cowboys, the um, Cowboys safety yeah, yeah. for the, safety for the Cowboys, um, and he should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, should be. I mean, you're talking. He played for what, 12, 13 years. Uh, three three Super Bowls with the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, I mean the guy was just fantastic. You know, he had like five, six Pro Bowl. I forget five Pro Bowls, six whatever it was. The guy was fantastic. Dan Woodson deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He did it for twelve, thirteen years, and it's it's hard. De- defensive back. That's a hard position to play. Whether you're a corner or a safety or a nickelback. It's a hard position to play. And the guys who can do it for that length of time, showing that they're doing it at a high level for that length of time, they absolutely deserve to be in. It's, it's like guys you see, so a couple of, you know, when Champ Bailey got put in a couple of years ago, um, and I was like, yep, yeah, absolutely, he deserves to be in. Dan Woodson deserves to be in. Steve Atwater as, a, as a, the safety, again, for the Broncos, yeah, he deserves to be in. Darrell Rivas... He's in. You know, in this year, uh, yeah. So Darrell Rivas, it, it just you know, when you're watching him play, he's a Hall of Famer. Now you look at guys playing today, and you can see the guys, the defensive backs, the safeties, the corners. Like you know, these guys are as as long as they can stay healthy and have a a, mm-hmm. a long career, they're going to the Hall of Fame. I remember back in the the nineties, Rod Woodson with the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there was no question he was going to walk into Canton. There was none whatsoever. One of the best cornerbacks to ever play the game. And then they shift him to safety, and it becomes one of the best safeties to ever play the game. Uh, there's like Ronnie Lott was, did that with the, the 49ers. He was a cornerback. And he was, one of the, he was an all-pro cornerback. And then Bill Walsh moved him to safety, or George Seifert, he was the defensive coordinator at the time, and he becomes the greatest safety of all time. I, I mean, you can just tell when players are destined for greatness, again, all things being equal, you know, not having two great years and then injury destroys your career. You know, having that sort of longevity. Uh, and I look at some some of the guys playing today, and you look at these uh, safeties and you look at some of these cornerbacks and you think, yeah. I mean, look, Derwin James over in, in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, if he stays healthy, he's going into the hall. You just, you just look at him. Watch the way he plays. I, that's, so when it comes to defensive backs and safeties, it's like the quarterbacks. It's difficult because of Pro Bowls. It might be more difficult because there's more people to choose from. Do you know what I mean? So if you're a mm-hmm. defensive back, it's not, it's not one on each team like the quarterbacks. There's not 32 of you. It's a lot more than that. I mean, some, some teams are running five, six, seven defensive backs relentlessly. Per, per position. Yeah, I mean, the cornerback position, the depth chart is seven or eight. So, yeah, I mean, I, if you think about it, though, 
Have you ever seen a bad NFL player with the surname Woodson? Because not only do you have Darren Woodson, you have Rod Woodson, and the man who I got Darren Woodson mixed up with, Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson, Darren Woodson, Charles Woodson. There was Charles, Charles Woodson. Sorry, Charles Woodson was who I got mixed up. Look, I'm 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 messing up my own, my own part here because there's so many Woodsons. They're all Hall of Fame caliber. <laughs> what is in Woodson genes that make them amazing DBs? I, wonder I just if, I, wonder I if they're all related. It's <laughs> all these Woodsons you know what, it, are all defensive backs, and they're all great. Entirely possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it is entirely possible. I mean, even even if they're not. They should be. They may as well be because it's it's just it's not fair. Anyone with the last name Woodson, what they were what they were all able to achieve is just is, isn't it isn't it strange that when you think of your favourite players, um, obviously you know like for, for for your teams whatever, uh, everyone you know quarterback, we get mm. him. You know he's the guy throwing the ball and receivers and running backs are scoring touchdowns, and your your pass rushers because they're making sacks and that. See, when you've got a really good defensive back on your team, whether it's a corner or a safety or both, it's fantastic. It's a great feeling to have that player there. Now, loads of teams can attest to this. Loads and loads of teams. Me personally, I, I'm going into this year, I'm like, I can't wait to see Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons. I can't, I can't wait. You've got one of the best safeties in the league and one of the best corners in the league. And it's it's mm-hmm. great watching these guys play. And there's something about the defensive back position. I, I think it might be because it, it appears to be such a vulnerable position. Everything you're doing is reacting to what the guy in front of you is doing. It's difficult for you to make the decision before the other guy because you don't know what he's going to do. Well, unless you've been studying a lot of film, which some of them clearly do. Um, so it, it, it's such a vulnerable position to be in. And yet when they make play after play after play after play, and you think this guy is something else. I, I love defensive backs and I love, I also love, and they're often forgotten about the strong safeties coming up to stop the run. And when they hit someone, it's fantastic. Or a safety blitz guys like Troy Polamalu. Oh my word. Oh, Good grief. The blitz, he might be the best blitzing safety. Or Ed Reed, another one. These yes, guys, when they Ed, came in a blitz, <laughs> no chance for the quarterback. Yep, night-night kind of thing. But yeah, that's pretty much the Hall of Fame roundup. So, but, uh, you know, every year it's going to cause some sort of uh, discussion, controversy. It's about time it changes. Yeah, it is. They should just listen to everything I say and then I won't have to argue anymore with the Hall of Fame selections and get Mike you Shanahan in No there. one ever. Get Mike Shanahan in there quick. So Dave, just before we continue, something happened the other day. I was on Twitter. Uh, no, I wasn't. I was on X. I was oh, on X. yes, God, yeah. And something kept popping up on my timeline four or five because on 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 my timeline it's pretty much all nfl that's mm-hmm. just relentlessly pretty much same yeah, yeah between the two nfl us, yeah. all the time and for some reason colin cowherd popped up and popped up again 
and popped up again and again and again. And I was like, what's going on? So I, I, I read the story and I'm going to, I need to take my glasses off to see this now. I know you Old mock me reading. for having yep. to take my glasses off. <laughs> um, these were Colin Cowherd's quarterbacks that can't win Super Bowls. Okay. These are, these are guys drafted, drafted since 2013, so the past 10 years. Quarterbacks who won't be winning a Super Bowl. And I'm going to give you some of the names. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Blake Bortles can't win a Super Bowl, according to Colin Cowherd. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins. I'm going to say that name again for our listeners. Dwayne Haskins, who tragically passed away last year uh, pre-season. So, yeah, he won't be winning a Super Bowl anytime soon, Colin. Um, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Jordan Love, Paxton Lynch, who doesn't play in the NFL anymore, EJ Manuel, Johnny Manziel, who doesn't <laughs> play in the NFL anymore, Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield, Kenny Pickett, Josh Rosen. I don't even think he's playing well, anywhere. I think he. I think he's been kind of practice squad bouncing. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky, Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, and Jameis Winston. So, at, at minimum of three of the players on that list aren't actually in the league. And Colin Coward, Colin Cowherd has them on his list of quarterbacks that can't win the Super Bowl. I mean, do you know what? I could make a list, Steve. Um, and I could make a list of quarterbacks who can't win a Super Bowl. Um, and we'll go with uh, Warren Moon. He can't win one. Guy's like 60 <laughs> by now. No chance. You know, Fran Tarkenton. No chance. Uh, Bart Starr isn't winning another one. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, what was this guy thinking? Seriously, what was he thinking when he put this list together? That it's just, it's bizarre. And the thing is, when he when he read out Dwayne Haskins' name, he paused. And what I thought he was going to say was, "Oh, well, you know, he shouldn't be on this list." Or, "R.I.P. Dwayne Haskins." No, he paused to say, oh, sorry, that, that, that should read a quarterback who can't win Super Bowls. Because it, said, it, said, it, it actually said QBs who can win Super Bowls. And then he connected himself. You're like, you just read out the name of someone who passed away a year ago. What are you doing? It's just Colin Cow- I don't know. I, I have no idea why Colin Cowherd is on is is in the media and is allowed a platform to say anything about anything. I've got no idea why. I just wanted to just wanted to, to pop that in there, Dave, because I, I couldn't believe it. You know when you sometimes just see something and you think, wow. Just wow. That's um for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's all over Twitter. Um if you want to see it you can. It's just it, it's the most mind numbing vapid just nonsense that i've i've seen in a long long time uh from colin cowherd so yeah i just thought i would just thought i would bring that up well 
there was there is um a little bit of more detail about it because there was a source who spoke to the media about it, and it's a Collins kind of motto is that he doesn't do death on his show, so he if and the way the way that he put it is when you don't do death and you don't show that you care that someone died, you won't remember that someone died, which I think this actually backs up that theory a lot. Don't and it's, do death. Don't do death. He doesn't do death on his show. That's what the, that's the quote from the source. So because of that, he doesn't remember that somebody passed away. That it's is not bothered about. Yeah, it's just it's, it that, it's yeah. It sounds like he just doesn't it's care. It's not human. He just it's doesn't not, care. It's not human. Yeah, exactly. And it's horrible. But one thing that did stand out to me after this uh, is that he's got a staff of twenty five behind it. And if twenty five people didn't notice anything wrong with that graphic, it means one of two things: either that they are all completely oblivious to the NFL and any news regarding the NFL or that they just really dislike this guy and were willing to let him run his list. I think, I think you probably hit the nail on the head of the second one there. This is like, um, and I don't want anyone to think we're making light of the fact that Dwayne Haskins passed away because we're not. Okay. This is purely about Colin no. Coward. Nothing to do with that. But, it, it's like in that scene in Anchorman where the guy says, you know, when, when Ron Burgundy signs off and says, you stay classy, San Diego, I'm Ron Burgundy. And he says, well, who put a question mark on the teleprompter? Ron Burgundy will read anything you put in front of him. Maybe it was that. Maybe someone went, I cannot stand Colin. I'm just going to chuck some names. <laughs> Look at this one. Johnny Manziel. He's like, he, he's not even playing in, I don't know where, I don't know where Johnny Manziel is just now. Paxton Lynch no, has been dropped no, by more leagues than any. It's not even NFL teams, just leagues. Just, just yeah. leagues in general. He'd, he'd probably get dropped if he was in League of Legends, right? This guy's just <laughs> been dropped left, right, and center. Uh, and then they were like, let's stick Dwayne Haskins in and see if he notices. And the only thing he did notice is that the graphic read QBs that can win Super Bowls when it should have read can't. It's the only thing on that list that he noticed. It's like unbelievable. I mean, do do your, do your, do your research. Do, do show at least a modicum of preparation on your part. My goodness, Dave, we get things wrong on this show. Sometimes, okay, we do. I get things wrong. I make mistakes, and sometimes okay. people call me out on it on Twitter. I, you know, I get people message me and say, you know, you said this. That's not right. Hi, Pat. <laughs> Pat, yeah, yeah, Pat. Yeah. Pat will always correct me if I say something wrong. But you know, but there's, I, I get messages from various people saying, you said this. That's incorrect. Or you, you said that he went to. Four Super Bowls, he actually only went to three. Or something, you know, you make mistakes or you got that player's name wrong or he doesn't play for that team, you left. And yeah, we all do it. But we're, we don't get paid to do this. You know, I, mm -hmm. I try to do as much prep as I can and I know you do and Jake, we try to do as much preparation as we can for this show. We're not trying deliberately to get things wrong. We do our best. But sometimes, you know, it's been a long week. It's been a long... <laughs> 
<laughs> along there, you might say something, it's just, it just slipped your mind, you get it wrong, that happens. This is their job. This is what they do for a living. It's Colin Coward does for a living. You cannot tell me. You can't tell me that that no one, what did you say, 25 people, staff of 25, I don't believe 25 paid employees missed the fact that Paxton Lynch, Johnny Manziel and Dwayne Haskins are on this list. That's, that's just appalling. Someone did that on purpose. I'm with you, Dave. I think you've absolutely nailed it. Someone did that on purpose. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, I mean, it, it's one of those things that I, I think it could, that, that could end his career. Or maybe not necessarily his career, but it, that, that should be the end of his job. Because it was his list. He took responsibility for it. And in, you know, kind of everyone's minds, he's the one at fault here. And I mean, I mean what, what else? What, what went through his mind when he made this list? It, it, he must be so desperate for content that yeah. to make a list. Quarterbacks that can't win a Super Bowl. What? What, 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 what? what kind of list is that? If they're in the league, they've got a chance. It doesn't matter if they're second, third, fourth string. Yeah, they've I mean, you, you, you were talking about the, the 2002 Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. They had Brad Johnson as the quarterback. <laughs> well, there you go. Brad Johnson. The 2000 the Ravens had Trent Dilfer. Exactly. The 1990 New York Giants had Jeff Hostetler. I mean, come on. No offence to anyone. Maybe Trent. I don't like you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I saw him screaming at that kid on the sidelines in that high school game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not a big fan of Trent Dilfer. But anyway, yeah. So, you know, every every single quarterback in the NFL can win a Super Bowl. It's just highly unlikely that they will. Right. Daniel Jones uh, it, could win us. He could. He, it, it, it is possible that Daniel Jones wins a Super Bowl this year. It's possible. It's unlikely to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but it could happen. There's been some god awful quarterbacks have Super Bowl rings. Look at Tom Brady. He's got seven of them. He's rubbish. You knew I was going to say that. You knew I was going to say that. Maybe. But, but it's true. I, we've seen some horrendous quarterback play, and then they, they go on and win a Super Bowl. Carried. Carried by defenses, special teams, and running backs, and receivers playing out of their mind at the quarterbacks is kind of going, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, uh, what? Um, and they end up with a Super Bowl ring. How else do you explain Trent Dilfer with the Super Bowl? I mean, seriously. Is, is the, doesn't it tell you that the world is a weird and warped place that Trent Dilford, Brad Johnson, Jeff Hostetler of Super Bowl rings, and Dan Marino, Warren Moon, and Jim Kelly don't? I mean, come on. It's just, that's, that's just not right. It's not right. Anyway, we won't get into that discussion again. The whole rings. Carry on. I'm not doing it. Random stats. So, Dave, um, we come to our final segment because it it is a bit shorter podcast because there was no real news mm-hmm. to talk about. Mm-hmm. 
And my random stat concerns three separate teams. Because as you know, I love stats about offensive ineptitude. You know I do. So what we have here is, I'm actually going to ask you a question, see if you can uh, guess. I just need the, the team name. So you've mm-hmm. uh, you got you got a one in thirty two chance of getting each of these right. Still don't, still don't like my odds, but okay. <laughs> Which team do you think leading passer has the lowest amount of yards in NFL history? So, for example, we know that Tom Brady threw for more yards than anyone else mm-hmm. while he was with the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Okay, seventy three thousand, whatever. It's a ridiculous number. So yeah. that's the most of all time. Which team do you think is leading receiver has the least, or leading passer, sorry, has the least amount of yards? I want to say, is it the Bears? It's not the Bears. It's not the Bears. It's Ooh. not the Bears. I'll give you one more shot. Okay. Um... Let me have a you you would think that I thought it would have been the Bears because they've never had yeah. a four thousand yard passer, but it's not the Bears. Uh-huh. Um, I'll I'll poor heck, I just not lock away. I'll I'll take a punt at the Browns. It is not. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow, their leading passer of all time, Jameis Winston. 19,737 yards. He is the only player, well, sorry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the only team who have never had a quarterback over 20,000 passing yards. Wow. That's, sorry, what were we going to say? That's, I was just, that's crazy. And how many Super Bowls have they had to say in the last 20, 25 years? Yeah. What, three? Yeah. Wow. Incredible. So, that's quarterbacks. Mm. Running backs. Which team do you think oh. has had their leading running back of all time, leading rusher, had the least amount of yards? Don't tell me it's the, the Bucks. It's not the Buccaneers. It's not the Bucks. It's not okay. the Buccaneers. The, the, my, la- my last guess may be the Vikings. It's not the Vikings. No. It is, in fact, the Houston Texans. Okay. I should have guessed that one. Uh, The Houston Texans, all-time leading rusher is Arian Foster with 6,472 yards. And that is the fewest of any leading rusher for a franchise. And to be fair to the Texans, they've only existed for 22 years. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're, they're still babies. Yeah, yeah they're, they're still, still babies. babies. Still plenty of time for that to change. And we mm-hmm. come to the final one, which is wide receivers. Which team, franchise, do you think receivers, leading receiver, has had the fewest yards of all time? Ooh. I'm just going to get a random team, Jaguars. It's not the Jaguars. It is, in fact, a team you already mentioned. The the Chicago Bears. Oh, the Bears. And the Chicago Bears leading receiver of all time. And I was shocked when I heard this. A guy by the name of Johnny Morris. 
Johnny Morris played from 1958 to 1967 and has caught 5,059 yards. That is by far and away the lowest of any other franchise. Johnny Morris for the Chicago Bears. And that is my random stat. Or stats. Stats. I, I, I was worried for a second there because when you said his name, I thought, oh no, should, I should have heard of him if he's like a, he's like the all-time leading receiver for the Bears. That's... When I, you... I, I mean... Yeah. Think of the Bears. Think of the te- the Bears teams that they've had in the last 50 years. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Marshall played there for years. Mm-hmm. Harlan Hill. Har- if, if you don't know who Harlan Hill is, one of the best wide receivers of all time. Never had more yards than Johnny Morris. It's just, you think, what's going on here? So, yeah, that's it. So, the the uh, the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston, uh, the Buccaneers' leading passer, 19,000, uh, just shy 20,000 yards. The uh, Texans' leading rusher, Adrian Foster, store 6,000 yards. And the Bears, uh, Johnny Morris, just over 5,000 yards. And that is the lowest in each of those stats for any franchise in NFL history. There you go. Uh, that, that was a really... I, I, I'm I'm shocked, obviously, about the Bears one, but the Bucs one has thrown me as well, because I didn't I didn't even feel like James Winston was there that long. He to wasn't. Me, it doesn't feel like he was... He, how long was he actually there for? Uh, James Winston, you know, I'll, I'll bring it up again, because I, I actually had closed it down. <laughs> James Winston was with the Buccaneers... Um, from oh my word, it was with the Buccaneers from 2015 to 2019. Just that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, uh, that's five ridiculous. years. He played at Tampa Bay, and he's the leading passer in franchise history. Remember when I talked about offensive ineptitude? That's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Wow, that's that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Yep, uh, it's it's that's mind blowing. But wow, that's an incredible stat. Thank you for mm, sharing. No bother. Now, I'm going to pull one out of the bag here because mine's more around. Uh, it's it's a fascinating story rather than anything else. Now, Tyler Murray, one of my favorite individuals of all time, quite clearly, uh, being the Cardinals quarterback. You know, but what some what some people with in depth knowledge at NFL know is that Tyler Murray was also a well sought after player in the MLB, in the Major League Baseball. Now, he was actually drafted in the 2018 MLB draft by uh, the, the Oakland Athletics, and he was drafted ninth overall. So that's a pretty, yeah, that's straight away, that's a big payday. Uh, and he, he did sign a contract with them, which included a $4.66 million signing bonus, which obviously is... It was money not well spent by the Oakland Athletics. But I thought for a second, what other players have done that, have been drafted in the Major League Baseball and have then come over to the NFL or chosen the NFL over the MLB? Now, I think I found the most famous player for it to ever happen. So, as we know them now, we know the Washington Nationals are a team in the MLB. They were previously known, however, as the Montreal Expos. Now, if we cast our minds back to 1995, the Montreals were looking for a catcher to add to the roster. 
So back in 1995, in the 18th round, with the 507th overall pick, they took a left-handed hitting catcher out of Junipero Serra High School in San Mateo, California. This man was Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Tom Brady was drafted 507th overall in the MLB to the Montreal Expos in 1995. And just just to put that in perspective of how common this actually is, in that very draft, two well-known NFL players were also drafted and chose to stay in the NFL. In the eighth round, Ricky Williams was drafted. And in the 26th round, Dante Culpepper was drafted as well. But Tom Brady, as a left-handed hitting catcher, he was first base. He was, play, he was playing as a first baseman originally. But was his lack of mobility meant that either that or catcher was his only kind of you know uh, possible uh, areas to play on the field. But yes, he was given the choice, and his uh, his teammates are supposed to back him up and encourage him to play baseball. And he had already he had already had a chance to play at the University of Michigan to go and play. So they said, "Why would you earn eight hundred dollars?" A month playing in the minor leagues, which is what he was going to do, or would you rather play in front of eighty thousand people every week? So they did what the opposite of what their coaching staff did and told him, "Go to Michigan, go play there," and that's what he did. And I think, as they say, the rest is history. So quite often, the NFL is the place to be instead of baseball, and that is why the NFL. And American football is better than American baseball. America's game, American football. Thank you very much. And that is my random stat and my random story. I love it. I'm trying to think of other players who did both. Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, yes. Some of the most famous. I mean, I mean there, there, there's there's so many. There, I, I was trying to look through a lot of them. But, you know, I, I was I primarily focused on that draft because of, it, you know, Tom Brady was drafted there. But... Uh, Dante Culpepper was drafted something like 200 picks ahead of Tom Brady um, and obviously eighth round for Ricky Williams. It, it's just, I, I think it goes to show how athletic some of these guys are. Maybe not Brady since he, he couldn't really run between bases, but um, yeah, it, it's, it, it, show, it goes to show the talent that these elite athletes do have when they're getting drafted in multiple sports. And, you know, Kyler Murray, First round in the NFL, first round in the, in the Major League Baseball. I wonder Brilliant. if he's the only one to be done first round in both. Because I know John Elway was drafted, I think, in the second or third round by the Yankees in 1983 when he was drafted. And Bo Jackson, did, I can't remember who Bo Jackson played for. He did baseball. He played baseball. And then after the baseball season was done, played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what round he was drafted in. So uh, Kyler Murray might be the only one to be drafted in the first round of both of those. My goodness. There you go. Who knew? Actually, do you know what you've reminded me of? You've mm. reminded me that so the, the, the Denver Broncos um, radio that they have, they've got an announcer, David, David Logan, who's the announcer. Okay. 
And I remember listening to, I think it was around the NFL podcast, and they'd said that Dave Logan was drafted in the NBA, the NFL, and the MLB. And I'm sure they said that there was only like, this has only happened to like seven people in in history of American sports. But the guy who does the play-by-play calling on Denver Sports Radio was drafted by the NBA, the NFL, and the MLB. That's just, how good of an athlete do you have to be for the three major sports in the country all to draft you? I mean, they must have been good in college. You know what I mean? Like, really good in mm-hmm. college. Yeah. And I, I think you are actually right that Calamari could... Uh, he, I haven't been able to fact-check, obviously, in the last kind of 15 seconds. Yeah. But uh, it does look like he is the first ever NFL and MLB first-rounder. There you go. So, well, well done, Calamari. But... Uh, yeah, I think you should have stuck to baseball, pal. <laughs> Let's see how he gets on. Let's see if he gets yes. Kyler Murray could end up winning a Super Bowl this year. Mm, no, he no. He probably no. won't, but he might. I don't know what that Cardinals defense is going to do. Anyway, uh, Dave. He's, um, he's I, got as much chance as I do. Put it like that. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I think that probably wraps it up for this week's podcast, Dave. Yeah. So um, thank you very much for uh, joining me on episode 72 of the Winterfell Show. Can you believe it? 72? No. I, I, I'm struggling to believe it. No. Uh, we're actually on course to make it to 100. Wow. I mean, I, I was questioning, are we going to make it to 10? But we're still here at 72. It's absolutely crazy. crazy. It is crazy. It is. Uh, so there you are. So thanks, everyone, uh, for listening. Uh, you know, and uh, don't forget, you can find myself and Dave on Twitter. You can also find like, Tim and Jake on Twitter as well. Um, feel free to message me and tell me what I got wrong in this week's episode. People generally I will. do. People generally do. Yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yes, uh, thank you very much, Dave, once again. And we will catch you all on next week's edition of The Win FL Show.